Did you know that Radio Vermont Group Digital Services can create videos including drone footage? We've even won awards for our videos. If you'd like to learn more and see examples of our work, go to rvgdigital.com. Radio Vermont Group, we're more than just radio. Good morning and welcome to Vermont Viewpoint. This is your host, Brad Ferlin, here at WDEV in Waterbury, Vermont. Uh, happy Tuesday to you. We have a great show today. We'll be headed heading up to St. Albans and talking with uh, St. Albans Mayor Tim Smith about the upcoming March election, about things going on in the city and um, relationships with the town, uh, all of that, and, and maybe a little bit of industrial development chat as well. At 9.45, I have uh, William Greer and Tina Zuck are going to be talking about a Senate Bill S-18 that would ban the sale of flavored tobacco products in Vermont. Get an update on that, where that, where that is in the uh, legislature. Uh, they're involved with a campaign for tobacco-free kids flavors that hook kids campaign, according to Tina and Will. Uh, and then, uh, we may have Representative Casey Toof at 1030. Uh, to update us on the uh, the legislative bill that is allowing municipalities to not vote on their school budget. Uh, if if Casey joins us, he will uh, give us an update. If not, we'll uh, talk a little bit about it from some of the news reports and what it may mean to uh, your voting in March on March 5th. 1045, we're going to be talking with Rick Schaff, who has a new uh, business in uh, Chittenden County, the Catamount Pickleball, and this phenomenon. It's the largest growing sport in America, uh, so maybe you play, maybe you want to call in and uh, let us know what you like about it. Uh, so, great show, but I want to go to the phone lines now. Uh, welcome to the show, uh, Mayor Smith. Hello, Brad. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Um, thanks for joining me this morning. No problem. No problem. You have uh, a lot of hats in uh, in in your St. Albans world, uh, Mayor, and uh, you run the Industrial Development Corp um, up there, uh, which sort of uh, blends uh, a lot of different things that support the community. Yeah, no, the, the two uh, the two marry together pretty well. Uh, so um, uh, as director of Franklin County Industrial Development, we serve the entire county, 17 communities. Uh, we Our basic mission is uh, we try to be a catalyst to grow the economy, uh, retain jobs, create jobs, and um, create an environment for capital investment. So um, that mixes pretty well with the being mayor. Um, the mayor is not a full-time gig by any means, as you know, Brad. Um, but um, there is a lot of uh, intersection in what I do and then what comes up uh, during the council meetings and discussions with the city manager. So, um, yeah, I think it's a pretty good fit, actually. So there, I've had a lot of guests over the last year and talking about Act 250 and attracting businesses to Vermont and uh, labor shortages and, and that type of thing. What, what is your experience 
uh, on that uh, in Franklin County anyway. Yeah, um, workforce shortage is definitely probably the number one uh, discussion amongst existing businesses. Um, I was visiting a company last week which has uh, 135 uh, current employees, but they made it perfectly clear that they could easily use another 15 if they could find them. Um, and that seems to be the status quo for uh, most of the businesses, and uh, and the one we deal for the most part value-added manufacturing businesses. We have a pretty good manufacturing sector in the county, so that's what we hear most from. Um, and we can get into maybe a little bit later what we're doing to try to help those companies out uh, by educating some of the high school kids as to what the availabilities are if they choose not to go on to college. So. And these are these are jobs that can be trained for. I think that's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, almost any uh, employer will tell you if we can get uh, individuals to show up on a regular basis and um, show a little initiative, a little uh, work ethic, they will they will train as needed to um, to fill some spots within their within the company. So. Um, yeah, it's not like they have to go in with a full set of skills. They will be taught. And there's a lot of success stories in the area, Brad, of people who, who have done that and have moved up the chain and now are supervisors or actually plant operator, plant managers. So um, we're just trying to educate the high school population and uh, teachers as to that there are other opportunities and other options uh, instead of just going to college. And which may, and that may not be um, what an individual wants or needs. Yeah, and maybe some parents will like the idea of not showing out thirty thousand a year, uh, or more, or more, right? Depending. Uh, so industrial parks are sort of a mystery in some respects to communities. They're you know they're often a little bit isolated from my view and stuff. Are you able to share some of the some of the industries that are in the Franklin County area that people might be sort of surprised or intrigued by? Yeah, sure. Uh, and to your point initially, I mean, uh, some communities have business parks, some have industrial parks, um, some have office parks. And the difference between a business park is more more of a, it's a uh, sometimes service-oriented uh, business. It could be, um, you know, could be any business. Uh, when we talk industrial, we're talking more of the value-added producing products, products which are then sold for the most part outside of the state of Vermont, and brings money into brings money into the community, as opposed to um, you know always exporting. Like uh, an example is you might you might buy from Amazon. That money's gone. We don't we don't see a trickle down effect from that. Whereas with um, with an industrial uh, company, they're selling their products, they're bringing it in, they're paying employees, uh, offering benefits, uh, buying, uh, uh, contracting for services, whether it's electricians or truckers or or uh, HVAC people, um, you know, delis, they, they cater lunches. So that's the big piece of it is that the money stays in the community, and, and we bring new money in, and it uh, you know it circulates throughout the community. But in our industrial parks, we have um, you know we have Ben and Jerry's, 
uh, everyone knows Ben and Jerry's. We have Peerless Clothing, which um, manufactures men's uh, apparel, mainly suits and sport coats. Uh, we have Barry Calibo, which is a chocolate company, um, and they 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 serve uh, they share their product with uh, or sell their product to Ben and Jerry's for for their uh, chocolate needs in, in many cases. Um, we also have Mylan Technologies, also known as uh, Viatris now. Uh, they make transdermal patches. We have companies that make cream cheese, um, gauges. Uh, there's, there's the list is, uh, goes on. Um, we're very fortunate to have as many um, manufacturers as we do in the county. So, so um, over the years, I also believe that you you've headed north. I think that uh, the chocolate factory was um, Canada based. Is is that still sort of a, a viable recruiting area for you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the state. I think in the uh, in the budget. This year, or in the proposed budget, um, the state has gone so far as to um, hire a recruiter that is stationed in Montreal, and they've been there for two years, and they they were looking to uh, to do that contract again if uh, if the governor and the legislature agree to it. Uh, for us, um, being located uh, along the border, it's been huge for. Uh, Franklin County. Um, if you look at Mylan Technologies, uh, which employ 450 uh, people, that was a Canadian that started with a Canadian company um, with some coding technology. Peerless Clothing is a Canadian co- uh, company. Barry Calibo uh, initially was uh, CJ Van Houten and Zoon, um, and that was a Canadian company, but has since been purchased by a, a Swiss company. So, um, and we've had many other uh, smaller ones. Some have come and gone, but uh, we've been very fortunate to um, to be to have the close proximity, and then to have the interest of a number of Canadian companies. And the reason they do it, Brad, is they'd like to be close to home. So if there's an issue, they can send down staff, uh, solve a problem, and be back home the same day. They don't have to be. They don't have to jump on a plane. They don't have to fly across the country or to the south. Um, so, yeah, so they like the proximity and the ease of access. And the, the highway improvements across the border have been dramatic as well to get to Montreal. Yeah, no, it's going to be huge. I think they're very close to finalizing that last leg. That's going to be huge for the area. Uh, there's a big investment going into the Highgate border crossing uh, in preparation of that. Um we, I don't know if uh, you and I have spoken about it much, but we've, FCIDC is uh, really pushing to get a uh, welcome center uh, on Interstate 89 South. Uh, we don't have anything uh, that directs people to, uh, you know, resources or attractions here in the county or, or even uh, Grand Isle. So we're, we're in discussion with the VTRANS. Uh, trying to um, move that project forward. If you look across the state, every um, every uh, major thoroughfare into the state of Vermont has a welcome or welcome center or rest area, and uh, Interstate 89 does not coming in from Canada. The ironic piece about that is that uh, we have, within an hour of us, the largest population. 
of any of the other uh, entry points into into uh, Vermont. The estimate is about within an hour of the border is 5 million people. You don't find that on the Fairhaven rest area. You don't find it in uh, down south. You don't find it in Waterford uh, over by St. Johnsbury. So it just doesn't make sense to me that uh, we've gone this long. And there used to be one, but it got torn down. Well, it sounds like a great project. We are talking with St. Albans Mayor Tim Smith. He's also uh, leads the Franklin County Industrial Development Corp. Mayor Smith, I want to um, – St. Albans City is unique in some ways, I guess, uh, a mayor, a city council, and a city manager. Um, can you just give us a little insight into sort of the different roles of these three entities that run the city? Yeah, sure, Brad. Um, we do have a – it's considered a city manager form of government, uh, whereby the city manager pretty much uh, oversees all activities. Um, the mayor um, the mayor and the council uh, over, oversee more of the policy uh, discussions and decisions, you know, as to um, budgeting and tax rates and all that. And then um, – and I also see the mayor, and what I've learned over the years is the mayor uh, fills more of that public relations role as well, in addition to, um, you know, the policy end of it and overseeing the council. Um, you know, the mayor serves, um, you know, uh, does uh, Veterans Day, speaks at Veterans Day, Memorial Day, uh, oversees, uh, you know, new activities, uh, and, and has a... Uh, actually has a wide range of um, flexibility to um, to promote new programs um, you know obviously uh, it has to be in agreement with the budget but new programs and um, supporting the uh, downtown and uh, merchants as well so um, we're a little bit unique uh, we only meet once a month uh, unlike almost all towns meet uh, tw- once every two weeks um, the luxury that we have is the city manager uh, handles a lot of the uh, day-to-day activities, unlike a select board who does not have a town administrator. They're out, you know, looking at culverts, down trees, dog issues. So their time commitment is substantially more than what uh, the city council or the mayors might be. So. Yeah, and and do you have an office at city hall as the mayors? I do. Yeah. yeah. And and for a for a city council meeting, do you preside over that meeting as sort of the head of the council? Exactly. Okay. And we do have a president of the council, but the uh, the mayor presides over it, and uh, and then the president uh, would fill in in my absence. I see. And I think like Virgin's had a vice mayor, if I'm not mistaken, when they were going through some um, some of their. Uh, issues. I remember the discussion being with the, about the vice mayor. We do not have that. We have a president of the council. It is council president. interesting that uh, communities have really their own uh, ability to sort of choose uh, their their form of government in a way. Is that right? Or well, I think they're all chartered. Uh, they, they have to come down to a charter change, like ours would. I mean, we recently had. Um, our town clerk would be voted in, um, and uh, 
the individual had to be a resident of the city of St. Albans. We did away with that, um, partly due to the the concern about all the communities, and, and we, there was a period of time when you couldn't pick up the paper and not see where there was an embezzlement of some sort, whether it's in a business or a town. So we thought we would uh, we would be better off if we uh, the council appointed someone to that position. So that that does go away, um, and now we're looking at a higher appointed position for the for the city clerk and treasurer. And is that a council uh, hire or a yes. manager hire? Yeah, a council hire mainly because we wanted that separation, uh, you know, with the clerk. Um, you know, if it, if he or she just uh, answered to the city manager, um, there wasn't that uh, there wasn't a limited oversight, I guess. So that's why the council oversees that position. Get that? Well. Very interesting. We'll see how that goes. Uh, we had that uh, done very well. To, just to that point, sorry to interrupt, yeah. you, Brad. Um, the individual that we have, uh, Nicole Robtoy, has done a great job. It's proven to to be um, uh, it proved to be a successful uh, initiative, I think, and I think the city manager would agree with that as well. Because um, prior to this, uh, city manager, the city clerk could set her own hours, come and go as she pleased. Now there's a little more oversight from um, the council and the city manager. So, mm-hmm. the We had uh, Jack Brigham uh, from St. Albans Town on yesterday, and he talked about what I guess would be viewed as successes uh, of uh, mutual relationships with the city and town. Do you... Do you share that or can you talk a little bit about what you think our success is yeah i I think uh the communication lines between the city and town have improved immensely over the last uh eight or ten years probably um the the big one and uh we all know what um what towns and communities are going through with uh law enforcement Uh, we've been fortunate we've we've um We've always been an advocate of maintaining a full police department. Uh, despite calls for defunding, we, we chose not to go that route. Um, and I think uh, it paid dividends for us over the last four or five years. Um, and now the town is, um, the town and the city have joined in uh, collaborating to have one police department to cover both communities. You know, the town of St. Albans is at 7,000 people now. The city's at 7,000 or thereabouts. So we're, we've entered into a 10-year contract where we will have a police force and the cost will be split 50-50. It doesn't matter where the calls are. It doesn't matter how much, you know, we're not, we're not tracking that uh, an officer needs to be in the town for um, 24 hours a week or whatever the case is. So we have it set up where uh, the force will go where the problems are. And um, the town is in agreement to that. And so I think that was a big initiative. Um, you know, our fire chief who is paid uh, serves as the fire chief in the volunteer department in the town. So there's a lot of um, unification there as well. Uh, usually when there is a fire in the city or town, both the both uh, uh, volunteers from both departments show up, um, so it's it's um, you know the the two departments coming together, and that's been uh, that's been the case for many years. 
recreation department. Uh, town pays into the rec. Uh, we we supply the manpower, the resources, the programming, and town residents are able to access the majority of those uh, for a fee that the the town pays to the city. So, um, you know, those are just some of the ones. Uh, that we're, we've had, uh, the fire department in itself is looking at a new fire station. You know, that may be a conversation for the two to join in on as well. Uh, public works works together, plowing, uh, sharing equipment and that type of stuff. So, uh, I'm not using the word merger, but we're coming closer, uh, together all the time. Yeah. But so- I would say that, uh, not to be a pessimist, but that can change uh if the right people aren't on the right boards right um well, as, as as we've seen it can it can swing quickly and go the other way so we're we're always cautiously cautiously optimistic well it sounds like that's um i'm hearing in other communities that economy of scale is really important to the bottom line as well and with these high budgets which we can get into a little bit um in the next segment um that the doing things that make sense, like fire protection, as you're saying, and uh, community sports and sports centers, recreation programs, it all sounds very positive. We're talking this morning with uh, Mayor Tim Smith, who also is the lead in the Franklin County Industrial Development Corporation. The I've got the sample ballot of St. Albans City in front of me, uh, Mayor, and uh, you, you're unopposed, so I guess you won't have a heavy campaign budget this year. No. Um, yeah, I, I have not ordered my signs yet this year. Right. <laughs> That's That must feel good that um, just by virtue of how you've been as mayor, that, that people are, are happy with you and nobody is challenging you. So it sounds like a good I, – I, I'd like to think that's a perception. Okay. I, I think it is from, from what I hear in the area. Mayor, I'm looking at the official ballot of the city and I see, um, as we mentioned earlier, you're unopposed. Uh, so congratulations, uh, for your victory March 5th. Uh, and I'm, I'm, Cast in stone yet, Brad. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're, we're thinking it may be. Uh, I'm looking at Ward 5. There is a, a contested race there with an incumbent and a challenger. And then over to Ward 6, uh, three-year term is blank. And I'm, is, is this unusual or w- what's up with that? Yeah, it, it's, um, <clears throat> so Chad, Chad Spooner, who, uh, sat in that seat for 15 years, and was an outstanding council person has um has actually built a house outside the area um, so he will not be a resident of the city so he is will be stepping down um, and we we beat the bushes to try to find someone uh and uh, we've received a lot of no's it's it's sort of um it's sort of a curious situation in that uh when we advertise for uh open seats on many of the uh, city committees, like Development Review Board, Downtown Board, uh, uh, committees such of that of that nature. Uh, we always get a, a, a good choice of candidates. Uh, we sometimes have to turn some away. 
So I was a little surprised when, uh, you know, Chad mentioned he wasn't going to be running again, that uh, we didn't really get any response to that. So we're going to uh, actually Chad, I believe, is going to sit in that seat for two or three more months until he does move. Uh, we can make that appointment. And then we'll continue to search in the meantime. And if someone steps forward, uh, we will interview them and uh, potentially point them to the to the uh, spot. So um, uh, that's where we're at. Um, you mentioned uh, the other contested race. Uh, this is the second year in a row where there's that that ward has had a contested race. Um, so yeah, so we we've got a strong council now. Uh, and have since I've been on the on the board, and um, I think we we've been able to do a lot of good things for the community. So, and uh, what is the turnout like for you know like a this would be Ward Five residents? Are are you talking hundreds of voters or a handful? Or? No, I think uh, it's probably going to end up being twenty percent of the registered voters in that ward and. Uh, maybe 15 to 20 percent um and they will um you know on actual town meeting day they'll probably be maybe 140 140 votes cast uh for that ward so so not many so every vote counts as it always does right yeah exactly. uh, yeah well that'll be interesting we'll be uh reporting here at wdev election results on March 5th, the evening, and uh, we'll be looking to that. Now, I, I'm looking also at, at the city budget. Uh, it looks like it's a $13 million plus, almost $14 million. Um, is that uh, come up quite a bit, or where, how have you done in, in that realm? I know a lot of municipalities are dealing with big increases. Yeah, um, as you can see, we're, we don't have a big increase. Uh, I say that uh, holding my breath, waiting to see what the school budget, we know what the school budget is. Um, you know, I think the Maple Run is increasing their budget by $7 million ballpark from $65 million to, to uh, $72 million. But as far as the city budget goes, um, we've been able to access some of the tools. You know, we did a local option tax, which pays our bond vote on the on the new pool. Uh, we use it to pay down the bond on the, our sidewalk bond. So, and then uh, the TIF is huge. Uh, our grant list has increased, I think, from 10 years ago. Like, don't hold me to the numbers. Uh, Brad, but I think it was about $65 million to $112 million now, um, and that's mainly due to the fact that the, uh, we utilize the tool, the Tax Incremental Financing District, to um, to increase uh, development within the city of St. Albans. So that's uh, one reason we've been able to keep the, the budget low. Uh, obviously, like I said, we use the, the local option tax. And uh, I think just good management across the board within City Hall. So combination of all that. So the, the local option tax, which is a lot of communities are using, I believe, is that sort of 1% um, added to this, 1% or 2% added to the sales tax, or what is it? Yeah, it's 1% added to the sales tax, uh, room and meals, 
Um, few things are excluded. I'm quite sure cars are excluded from that. Um, and um, I'm not I'm not sure about utilities. That one that'd be one that I'd have to check. But it's definitely um, any sales tax. One uh, percent is added. It generates for us about seven hundred fifty thousand. You know, we don't have we don't have the large shopping centers or the uh, fast food restaurants in the city. Uh, a lot of that, um, and, and um, you know, the manufacturing. Most of it is centered outside the city in the town. The town also has a one percent uh, option tax. They were able to build their new town hall uh, with that with that funding. Um, so as we hopefully improve the downtown, uh, our portion of the local option tax will increase as well. And I guess the hope is that a lot of people come into your community and buy food and buy goods and, and support your local economy. That That's our vision. I mean, that's part of uh, we. everything we do downtown is um, is. I wouldn't say everything, but it's focused on attracting people to the downtown, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's shopping or eating or, um, or events like Farmer's Market and Maple Festival. We're just, we try to, um, attract people to the city so that, uh, they see what we've done and hopefully they will, uh, make a, make another visit down the road. So, so- but yes, the whole focus is on, uh, the downtown and, and uh, trying to get people here to, to enjoy what we have. And give you the opportunity really to do a shout-out for St. Albans City. It has really come through what many objectively would say is a, a, a incredible transformation into just this beautiful city. Yeah, yeah no doubt. I mean... Um, the mayors before me, uh, you know, Pete Delore, uh probably started the uh, discussion of the crime issue uh, back some 20 years ago. Marty Manhan and Liz Gamash were focused on, um, uh, and we've been very fortunate to have a, a top-notch city manager in Dominic Cloud. He has a vision. He enjoys putting the projects together. But uh, all three of those mayors uh, laid the groundwork. Uh, Liz uh, had to educate folks on what the TIF was and how it's utilized. So um, throughout uh, those last um, 20 years, I would say that um, the vision has come to fruition. You know, new streetscape, uh, we, we invest, we being the city, invest in uh, facade grants. And um, it, there's a lot of public, the key, I think, to it, Brad, is there's, there's a lot of public-private partnerships um, that has made a difference. So if someone comes along and buys a building, wants to put a business in it, we'll step up, we'll help pay for some of the signage, we'll help pay for painting or uh, facade improvements. And, um, you know, it really gives those new businesses a kickstart um, so they're not behind the eight ball uh, early on with the funding and um, so that's – but the the downtown, uh, hardly a day goes by where I don't hear from someone about how great the downtown looks, uh, what a wonderful job we've done, uh, and it's a pleasure to, pleasure to hear that on a regular basis. Well, and I'll add to that, uh, Mayor, my uh, 14-year-old daughter 
admires the the flowers in the city. You the flower fairies must come in at night and and do this incredible uh amount of work. They're hanging from the the light posts. It's it's everywhere. They're just absolutely beautiful. Yeah, uh I would add the Christmas lights as well. And the uh, Christmas lights, yep. When when the when the flowers go away, the the Christmas lights come out. But uh, the city has made a concerted effort to, um, you know, it cost us, it's no secret, it's in the budget, it costs us 100000 a year to maintain banners, flowers, uh, Christmas lights, um, and other, um, you know, sidewalk repairs, uh, park improvements. Um, all of that uh, is intentional. Uh, because, and that's what people notice. They notice the flowers. We have a, a couple in town, um, Kelly and Keith Wakefield, that um, water them every day. They plant them. They transition from season to season. Um, but it's it's a commitment on the by the council and the and city hall to to make sure we keep um, you know we keep the community looking great. Uh, graffiti. You're always fighting graffiti. We don't allow graffiti to um, stand uh, on a wall for probably more than uh, uh, less than a week. Uh, if we see it, we, we're on top of it. We're cleaning it, um, and I think that um, that sends a message as well, as opposed to just letting it sit there for a year or whatever the case might be. So we're on top of that. We have trash cans that are emptied weekly. I mean. Uh, it comes down to attention to detail, in my opinion, and I think the city does a good job at that. Well, job well done, Mayor, uh, and I thank you for being with me this morning, and I know you're off to a lot of busy schedules, so uh, look forward to talking to you uh, after March 5th and, and how things uh, sugared out. Wish, wish me luck. Yes, <laughs> I think you got this one, Mayor. Uh, thanks for being with me. This is Brad Furlan, Vermont Viewpoint, WDEV in Waterbury, Vermont. We'll be back right after this.